the Gospel of John and the chapter 1. I would like to speak to you this evening under the title, Three Truths About Christ. Three Truths About Christ. And we're reading from the Gospel of John in the chapter 1. And we'll take time to read the first 14 verses. Three Truths About Christ. And this is the word of the Lord, and it reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light. Which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world. And the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. He came unto his own. And his own received him not. But as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Which were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We trust the Lord will bless the reading of his word to each of our hearts this evening. And we've begun this evening by reading the opening words of the Gospel of John. Who was John? He was one of the twelve apostles or disciples who followed the Lord Jesus and learnt from the Lord while he was here on earth. And I think to set the context this evening, it's particularly important to consider the reasons why John wrote this Gospel. I've told you this time, uh, times before when we've looked at different passages from the Gospel of John. But John writes in chapter 20 and verse 31 that he wrote this book, he, he wrote this book that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by that believing ye might have life through his name. He says that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. John tells us the reason why he wrote this book was to convince people who don't believe that the Lord Jesus truly was God and that by believing you might have life through his name. We've been singing about everlasting life in that last chorus that we sang, that last hymn, the refrain said, he that believeth hath everlasting life. And that's what John writes about throughout this book. So John, right here at the beginning of his gospel, he begins by telling us exactly who the Lord Jesus is. 
This man who he wants you to believe in, to place your trust in. And John uses three very important words to describe the Lord Jesus. And that's what I want to deal with this evening. We're going to pick out three, three words and we're going to learn three truths about Christ. And we'll begin with the first of these. In the beginning was the word. The first, the first description that John gives of the Lord Jesus is that he is the word. Read with me the opening verse again. It says there, in the beginning was the word. Now John has carefully chosen his opening statement here. When I was at secondary school, I remember my English teacher was always reminding the class of the importance of the opening statement in any essay that we wrote. He used to tell us that the opening statement set the scene for what was ahead. Uh, And that is exactly what John was doing here. He's setting the scene for what is ahead. You see, John, he says, in the beginning was the word. And that should cause our minds to go right back to the very start of the Bible. In the very first verse where the words are, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. John goes on in his opening verse here and he says, and the word was with God and the word was God and the same was in the beginning with God. Now you'll notice in your Bible, no matter what English translation you're using, that word Word is capitalized, and that's no mistake. You see, John is telling us that the Lord Jesus is the Word. It's a strange description. So what does he mean? Well, much of our words reveal our heart and our mind to, uh, to others. And the Lord Jesus Christ is God's Word, and he reveals the heart and the mind of God to us because he is God. He affirmed this when he said, He that hath he that have seen me hath seen the Father. He is God. And as it reads above in my head and in the wall this evening, Jesus Christ is Lord. He is God. And according to Hebrews 1 verses 1 to 3, the Lord Jesus is the last word from God to mankind, meaning God's heart has been fully revealed to man. God's word has been fully revealed to man. We have all the evidence that we need to see that the Lord Jesus is the only way to life, that he indeed is God. He is the Word. In these opening 14 verses of John, we see that the Lord Jesus is the eternal Word. He's the eternal Word. The Lord Jesus was never created. He has always been. He is God. The fact that he's eternal simply means that he has no beginning and he's no end. He's outside of time. He is eternal. He will reign forever. He is king. In Revelation 1 verse 11, we're told that he is the Alpha and Omega. That's the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet telling us that he is eternal. And John says, when this word came into being, the Lord Jesus, he was there. All three, when this world came into being, the Lord Jesus, he was there. All three members of the Trinity were there, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And John says, the Word was with God. The Lord Jesus was with God. The Word, the Lord Jesus, was God. The same was in the beginning with God. 
The Lord Jesus was with God in the beginning. He was God. And my friend, he still is God. Jesus Christ is the eternal God. And he is the eternal word. But not only does John show us that the Lord Jesus is the eternal word. But he shows us that he is the creative word. We, we have already identified a clear parallel between Genesis 1 at the beginning of our Bibles and John 1 in the beginning, which we are reading this evening. John tells us a bit more about the Lord Jesus in verse 3. He says this, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. I want to tell you something, God's word is powerful. We read the words over and over again in Genesis 1 and Genesis 1 and God said let there be and God spoke all things into existence he created all things by the word of his power and the Lord Jesus he is that word the Lord Jesus is the creative word the psalmist says in Psalm 33 verse 9 for he speak and it was done he commanded and it stood fast In Colossians 1 verses 16 and 17, Paul, when speaking about the Lord Jesus, affirmed, For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Can I just pause and ask you tonight? When you look around you at creation, when you look at the mountain range, when you look at the sea, when when you go up to the north coast and you see those big waves at this time of year crashing in at the coast, when you look to the skies, when you see the stars, when you consider the universe, when you even look at the design of your own body, when you consider how everything seems to fall into place in this world, how there's such beauty around it. Do you ever consider how it all came to be? The psalmist looked around at all these things and exclaimed, The heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament showeth his handiwork. Without God there would be nothing. The Lord Jesus, he was the creative word. He is the creative word. For by him all things were created. But John not only wants us to see the Lord Jesus as the eternal word and the creative word, but he wants us to see that he's the word incarnate. What does that mean? What do I mean by that? Well, to put it quite simply, verse 14 tells us this. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. As creator... Everything in this world belongs to the Lord Jesus. He did not trespass on someone else's property when he came down to this world. You see, the one who made the world is the one who came into the world. God could see that we had corrupted this world and because of Adam who first sinned and broke God's laws and broke God's standards, we ourselves could never win favour with God. And the Lord Jesus, who is God, took on flesh. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Lord Jesus, the Word, fully God, fully man. What are you going through in life right now that you don't think God wouldn't understand? Can I ask you, are you weary with the daily struggle of life? The Lord Jesus knows what it is to be weary. 
We read of that in John 4 verse 6. And you know, it reminds me that this verse we've just read, he knows what it is to be weary. The word, he became flesh and he dwelt among us. The Lord Jesus knows what it is to be hungry and thirsty. He was made flesh and he dwelt among us. The Lord Jesus knows what it's like to be upset, to weep your eyes out. For he groaned within. We read that in scripture. He was made flesh and dwelt among us. He knew what grief felt like. He wept at Lazarus's grave. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He even knows what it's like to face death itself. Fully God. Fully man. Yet he humbled himself. God. The Holy One. The one before whom the angels have to cover their faces when in his presence. He traded that to come to this earth to rescue the human race from their sin. A God who is angry with sin, who must punish sin, yet provides the remedy for sin by the Lord Jesus taking the punishment of your sin for you. A God who would be right to destroy this world completely for turning against him. And yet he loves us so much that he provides a way back to himself. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Lord Jesus, he took upon himself a sinless human nature. And identified with us in every aspect of life. From birth to death. The word, the Lord Jesus. God became a real person who could be seen, who could be touched, who could be heard. Christianity is Christ and Christ is God. And the Lord Jesus, while here on earth, revealed God's glory in his person through his works and through his words. What was John trying to say here at the beginning of his book? Well, John's message is simply this. The eternal God himself has become human. The creator has become part of his creation. Fully God and fully man. Why? In order that he might save sinners from their sin, death, judgment, and an eternal hell. That's the message of the Gospel of John. That the eternal God, infinite, transcendent, all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present, everlastingly unchanging, the one true and living God who is the, at the same time as one God and yet three persons became a man. The Word became flesh. He is the Word. He's the eternal Word, the creative Word, the Word incarnate. But John continues to present to us who the Lord Jesus is and he goes on and he uses another word. He tells us also that the Lord Jesus is the light. Look at verses 4 and 5. We read there in him was life and the life was the light of man and the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Another translation puts verse 5 this way. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. He is the word who procla- he is the word who proclaimed that he was and he still is the light of the world. 
and the darkness, Satan, his demons and sin will never, ever, will never, ever overcome my Savior. He has defeated sin. He has defeated the grave. He is victorious and darkness can never, ever overcome his glorious light. Think about it. Light always overcomes darkness. If you go out into a dark, isolated place in a room and light one candle, the light from the candle will overpower the darkness. The light of God, the eternal one, the eternal light. Jesus comes into the world as light and he lights the world and he's continuing to light the world and he will continue to until he comes again. You see, that is why no matter how many times the darkness tries to put out the light of the gospel, and there's been many people have tried to do that, no matter how many times people try to stamp out Christianity, it will never work. They are fighting a losing battle because darkness cannot overcome the light. And the Lord Jesus Christ, he took on this darkness at the cross. If you go to Luke 22, 53, as the Lord Jesus was coming to the cross, do you know what he said? This is the hour of the power of darkness. You know, as the Lord Jesus hung on that cross, he died for the darkness that consumes your life. And no matter how dark your life has become, no matter how bad a person you may feel you are, the Lord Jesus died for you. I've heard people say, I couldn't become a Christian if you only knew the things that I'd done in my life, Peter. That's why he died. Think of the man who died on the centre cross. Outside the wall of Jerusalem, think about Calvary. There the light of the world died as your, for your sin and every sin that's ever been committed. He paid for every sinful deed you ever committed. It's been paid for. This is the world that God loves. And he came to a world that was in spiritual darkness and he opened the curtains of grace revealing the truth of God to men who are wandering in darkness. The Lord Jesus came to illuminate, if you like, the pathway to God as he is the light. And this metaphor that John uses to describe the Lord Jesus, this light will accomplish one of two things. And it's your choice what you do with it. This light will either cause men, women, boys and girls to see their sin, to repent and to run to the open arms of the Lord or will cause them to reject the light and continue their course of darkness. And this evening, this is a decision that you must make. One choice will lead to salvation, the other will lead to eternal damnation. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. The Lord Jesus has said of himself, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. J.C. Ryle is a famous Christian writer, and I think he sums up this thought on Christ being the light perfectly. This is what he said. Christ is to the souls of men what the Son is to the world. He is the centre and source of all spiritual light. Like the sun, he shines for the common benefit of all mankind, for high and low, for rich and for poor, for Jew and for Greek. And like the sun, he is free for all. All may look at him and drink health out of his light. 
If millions of mankind were mad enough to dwell in caves underground or to bandage their eyes, their darkness would be their own fault and not the fault of the sun. So likewise, if millions of men and women love spiritual darkness rather than the light of Christ, the blame must be laid on their blind hearts. But whether man will see it or not, Christ is the true light of the world. There is no light for sinners except in the Lord Jesus Christ. So John, who is writing these things that ye might believe, in the opening words of his book, tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ, he's the eternal word and he's the light. But finally this evening I want you to see that indeed he tells us that he is the life. He's the word. He's the light. He's the life. Look at the beginning of verse 4 again, please. It says this. In him was life. And the life was the light of man. In him was life. The Bible makes it clear that the eternal punishment for sin is death. And separation from God. And all things that are good and pleasant and lovely will be separated forever. If you were to die without Christ, my friend, you'll never know the Lord Jesus Christ is the word. You'll never walk in the light as he is in the light. And you'll never know what this life is really about. And that breaks my heart. If you're not trusting Christ as your saviour, you're wasting years and years of your life. Because I'll tell you, you're sitting among people this evening and you test this if you want afterwards. You ask people around you what Christ means to them. And I guarantee you, you won't hear one bad answer. Because I have never met anyone who's trusted Christ as their saviour. Who has ever told me they regretted it. Dear friend, the Lord Jesus Christ loves you and he gave his life for you. So that you could know that life. He loves you so much. God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. The Bible tells us that if God didn't love us and if the Lord Jesus had never came to this earth, that you and I would be left dead in our trespasses and sins. But the Lord Jesus, he is the only way to life. And he said of himself, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except by me. Let, let me make something clear. Without the Lord Jesus, my dear friend, you're in grave danger of losing everything that you could ever have in eternity and in this this life without the Lord Jesus I would not be stood here tonight because there would be nothing to preach there would be no hope to offer you there would be no life worth living to tell you about without the Lord Jesus there is no life there's nothing there's just death and there's just darkness and this world would be a terrible place to be you see another preacher summed it up like this he is the word because he is the communication of God he is the life because he is the only one who can offer you eternal life itself. He is the true light because he is the true illuminator who illuminates all spiritual reality. And here in our passage, it tells us of a preacher called John the Baptist. This isn't the John who wrote the book. And John pointed people to the word, the light and the light. My friend, that is my task this evening. He, John, the passage tells us in verse 8, he bore witness to that light. And I want to tell you something this evening. 
This John that we read of, who bore witness to the light, he was so committed to sharing this this life-changing message. He was so faithful to sharing the gospel message that Jesus saves that it cost him his head. He was martyred for Christ. My friend, this message I preach this evening, it impacts the Christians so much that there are many of my brothers and sisters around this world, people who are trusting Christ as Savior, and they are willing to die to tell others about Christ. Willing to die. You see, as you listen to the gospel message, There are Christians around who are willing to die for Christ just to let someone know that their soul's in danger of a lost eternity. That's how serious this message is, my friend. But the message demands a response. And the message demands for you to answer the question, what will you do with Jesus? And as we come to a close this evening, I want you to note that the Lord Jesus came to his own And they didn't receive him. In verse 11 we read these words. He came on to his own. And his own received him not. The Jewish nation. God's own people. Here was the ultimate insult. The Jewish people rejected the Lord Jesus. He had all the credentials of the Messiah that they were looking for. But they didn't want him. I wonder are you someone And you've had the privilege of being brought up in a Christian home. You've been brought up amongst God's people, amongst his own. And you're someone who receives him not. You've been taught about the Lord Jesus your whole life. Your parents have taught you the scripture from a young age. You've been sent along to Sunday school, taught about the Lord Jesus, taught about how he died for you, taught about your sin, taught of the urgency of this message because no one is guaranteed of tomorrow and yet you still reject him, you receive him not. Such privileges and yet you still don't receive him. You're just like the Jewish nation who the verse tells us he came to his own but they received him not. Imagine knowing all about him, then ending up in a lost eternity. That's a tragedy. Separated from God forever, what privileges you enjoyed, how tragic. But maybe you listen, you aren't from a Christian family or a Christian background. and Well, there's a verse in this passage for you too. It's verse 10. It says there, he was in the world, and the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. Our creator walked amongst us. All the evidence is there. There is proof outside of the Bible. That the Lord Jesus really walked this earth. And the Bible, his book, gives us the reasons why he walked this earth. Because he loves you. And all he wants you to, and all he wants you to do is turn from your sin and receive him as your saviour. You know, for 30 years, the Lord Jesus lived in Nazareth in the world. And then for three years, he displayed and gave proof that he indeed was God. But the world decided to reject him and the world knew him not. But tonight, you, my friend, you don't need to make the same mistake. Because we read in in verse 11, verse 12. As many as received him, 
To them gave he power to become the sons of God. Did you see that in verse 11? As many as received him. Now it says as many. That tells me that the salvation that God offers is for all. It is an unrestricted invitation. It tells me that it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. God's salvation is for you. The Lord Jesus Christ died for all sinners. So no matter what you've done, he died for you. And he receives all people who come to him. The vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. What happens to people who receive him as saviour? Well, he makes you part of his family. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. Because from that moment you're born of God. In other words, he gives you a new life that is everlasting and lasts beyond the grave. The Lord Jesus came to this earth and he is the word. Do you know what? Some people remarked when they were listening to the words of the Lord Jesus. Do you know what they said? They said, never a man, never a man spake like this man. The Lord Jesus, he's the only true light that can show you the darkness of your sin and reveal to you your great need of him as saviour. He is the light of the world. And the darkness will never, ever overcome him. Hallelujah. And that's why his word is still preached today. That's why the light of the gospel hasn't gone out. And that's why in Green's Baptist we will seek to always shine the light of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He died for you. He took the punishment for you, for your sin. That you might know life. And life eternal. And today if you will receive him, he gives you the power to become part of his family part of an everlasting kingdom that will never fade away there's a really old hymn and it says this it's a challenge to you O sinner tonight oh then rise thee from thy sleep wake up wake and o'er thy folly weep wake up and see your sin and weep Jesus calls from death and night Jesus waits To shed his light. He is the word. He is the light. He is the life. I tell you these things. That ye might believe. That Jesus is the Christ. The son of God. And that believing ye might have life. Through his name.